0: And welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Uh, here are your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. And I'm your host, Fred. Uh, today we're wrapping up our weeks of wireless with an interview with the wireless theater company's creator, Marielle, an English voice actor turned dramaturge who is responsible for creating, in the course of one short year, one of the most prolific and professional active audio theater companies anywhere. As you've heard this past few weeks, their stuff ranges from the bitingly comedic to the existential and covers a lot of ground in between. And she's done this all without quitting her day job. Mm, sort of. <laughs> uh, Marielle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, and just uh, for people who are not familiar or just barely familiar with the Wireless Theatre Company, would you like to just introduce us uh, to what you're doing and uh, what this uh, company is all about?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're passionate about audio theatre and uh It kind of came about because everyone in the world, it seems, has an iPod these days or some kind of uh, MP3 player. We're kind of passionate about radio drama not necessarily being a dead medium anymore, um, particularly uh, over here in the UK. Um, Sometimes young people don't even know what radio drama is. So um, because, you know, these young people still have uh, iPods. Um, We kind of wanted to push that idea. And then um, I didn't realize quite how many young writers out there, or not even young writers, but new writers out there, are passionate about having their work produced by new companies. So it's gone from originally just kind of try to keep... So, radio drama alive in this iPod generation. And now it's become a forum for new writing as well. So, we've got kind of two aims really pushing the audio drama side, but also pushing the new writing side. And obviously, just new acting talent and production talent, and that kind of thing.
0: Sure. And when you got it, uh, this idea in your head to start putting this together, uh, what did you do and how, how did you get things kick started? Well,
1: I'd had the idea for quite a while. The idea came originally I had the idea of making them on CDs to sell them in, in garages, you know, when you know, you know, uh, long distance drivers or whatever. Um, because my dad and my family are quite big fans of radio plays and mm-hmm. um, and so i you know i thought oh, maybe that would be interesting but i never really did anything with it um and i you kind know, of went to drama school and did my drama training as an actor and then whilst i was uh, training i realized that actually i have a real passion for um acting uh, for the radio It's you know it's something it's not talked about that much among actors but it provides a lot of work for actors and it's it's really great um, a great way of uh, performing, a very different way of performing, but a really great way of performing. And so um, I kind of came up with the idea, and then I sort of thought about what about doing it as a download, and then... The final push came when I went to a guy to design the website um, and we just had a little chat about what, what I wanted. And then he sort of got back to me about a week later and said, I've designed it for you. And that was it. I saw the website and I fell completely in love with it. And I was like, right, you know, I've really got to get this project going. This website looks great. The product's great. Everyone I mentioned it to said, oh, what a great idea. You know, I've never heard of anything like that. So um, I kind of did that. I mean, it actually turns out there are quite a lot of guys you know, out there like you guys doing, the, the, doing what we do. And it's such a kind of Welcoming, well, to come into, but from from where I was, I had heard nothing like it, so I was kind of really uh, excited about the project. Um, and you know, it's quite there's there's a definitely a, you know a fan base out there, a listeners out there. I've been so surprised by how popular the site's become and stuff. So, uh,
0: yeah, and I know, I remember uh, I saw some recent statistics. You have uh, quite a lot of downloads for your show. And, yeah, uh, and uh, and I also noticed, you know, I encountered you obviously through the internet, and uh, so have a lot of people. Do you feel that's is that primarily where you're growing your audience?
1: The internet, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the, uh, and we're actually um, uh, launching a brand new website on Monday, like a new design of it, um, just a slightly new look of the site. And within that new site, we've also started doing workshops in schools around London, because um, um, quite a lot of schools were um, offer, um, you know, performing arts courses. And within these courses, you, you study, you know, stage and you study uh, TV and film and stuff. And quite a few of them have modules for radio. Um, and so we've been going into schools and kind of teaching them microphone technique and, and showing them the differences. Because there is, from an actor's perspective, such a difference in acting for radio and acting for TV. And, you know, people or, or acting for stage, particularly from the stage. Um, so we're going around kind of teaching that kind of thing. So the new, the new website is will always be about putting new, great new plays on the internet, always. That's going to always be the main thing. But there are other, you know, things that you can go around doing. Uh, and as long as you can spread the word about radio drama, it, it's great. You know, we went into school last week and we asked, you know, have you ever listened to a radio play? And they were like, no, no. Didn't know who any of the, you know, the the great radio plays. and But, you know... There's a show called Little Britain here. I don't know if you guys have that in America. um, It's a massive, huge, successful TV show. And that actually started out on Radio 4. Um, And, you know, they were amazed. They couldn't believe that it started as a radio program so what's great is kind of pushing it out to these kids and they can kind of have instead of having just music on their iPods they can have plays as well that's the plan anyway
0: yeah interesting because it's it's funny because here in america we have this at least this um impression that in, in the uk radio drama is still very alive and well is mm. what can you comment on that how, how true is that yeah um
1: it is it's it's, it's completely divided by generation so uh, you know my generation um and you know i'm 28 so my generation, I, as an actor, obviously I know about radio drama more than, say, your your average 28 uh, year old would. Um, and you know, some of them do listen to radio plays, and particularly radio comedy. A lot of people listen to stand up on radio, um, and obviously Radio Four still produces endless um, plays. But it's still lost, you know. It's not a bit. It's not. It's, I mean, TV over here just rules the whole thing. You know, there's uh, just endless channels, Everyone's obsessed with it, um, and and stage as well. But yeah, it's still kind of, it's still, it's still not. Popular enough like the older generation still love it and still listen to it. You know my dad for example still sits and listens to a radio play rather than watching a television program Um But young people you today uh, Kind of 17 16 17 18 they don't have any interest in it at all at all So I mean at all it's not popular at all So that's what we kind of want to try and try and change because there's no reason why it shouldn't you know have, have, have a space as well as TV and film really and stage
0: Interesting, because I also um, uh, I, I imagine that you know with the BBC being such a presence over there that anything you do in an audio theater has to be defined, uh, you know, compared to what they're doing. So yeah, uh, in in light of that, uh, what what uh, how has that influenced how you've approached your? Um,
1: well, the B. I mean, obviously, you can never live up to BBC. They've got endless experience over over small companies. Uh, but the BBC, from what I can tell, from you know people, listeners' feedback and um, they have quite a strict kind of guidelines about what they'll play, and what we're doing is going kind of against that slightly. So, for example, The Youth of Old Age, which is our latest production, which is the one that Pranella Scales uh, was in, um, and she does a lot of work for the BBC, um, but she could of mentioned, you know, that you'd never hear that on the BBC, and not because it wasn't good enough, but just because it was, you know, they have to be you know, a bit careful about what they put on. And, you know, we're not looking to set out and shock and offend people in any way at all. But quite often I'll receive a script that said, you know, oh, the BBC really loved this script. They said it was great, but it just wasn't quite right. Whereas I'm think- we think, well, you know, that is right for us. It's a little bit unusual. It's a little bit challenging. You know, maybe ask questions of the listener that perhaps the BBC wouldn't. And we quite enjoy that. And kind of the more time goes on, the more scripts I receive, um, you know, the more I'm kind of quite excited about p- producing stuff that the, that the BBC wouldn't quite have the guts to, if you see what I mean.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, because I, I remember, yeah, you said you had uh, this line, that, like the BBC, but with more guts, so that's what you're yeah, getting at with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, which was a bit cheeky, really, but yeah. hey. <laughs> sure, uh, and, and so you, you mentioned, like, those writers uh, finding you. Um, how, how are those writers finding you? Is it through the website, or do you also yeah, have some uh, vocal? Well,
1: Yeah, well, I mean... I've spent the last year actually, I have to be honest, you know, really, because um, I I wasn't a, a, a very knowledgeable about websites and how to run a website, and it wasn't until I kind of looked around and I discovered, you know, swapping links with other websites and that kind of thing is, you know, really helps build yourself up. So from from not having any listings in Google at all to now being one of the top when you type in, you know, whatever you're looking for, um, it, it's it's been such a kind of um, encouragement to me. So um, I spend a lot of time writing and I post a lot of um, in a lot of forums and I post on a lot of me and also the co-producers we post a lot of uh, things on websites and we swap links with a lot of writing websites as well so that's fantastic the downside of that is that we receive so many scripts that it's very difficult because obviously reading a script is, is a talent in itself you can't just sit there with the script and skim read it you have to give each script its own merits especially for audio because you know it's very difficult to, to to read a script to know whether it's going to work and you don't want to turn a script down thinking oh that's not right and then actually looking back at it you know it could have been a fantastic piece of work so we're kind of inundated a little bit with scripts which is which is great but it means that you know it's a, it's a long time between receiving a script and getting a script produced now we're looking at you know six or seven months at least
0: sure and when it comes to producing it um where do you like for example where do you find your actors
1: um, well, that's part of the reason why I started the site, because I'm I'm an actor and that's so why I went to drama school. So I have um, an endless um, array of hugely talented actors around me who you know are really passionate about the whole idea. Uh, we also have, I mean, in in the UK there's many many different websites. You know, we have Spotlight, we have uh, Casting call, Casting Call Pro. Um, there are endless websites you can you can find. Also, we like the try and use the actors again, so we've got all our actors listed um and it's quite nice if it, if those actors kind of get a little reputation for doing the threat, so someone might email me and say, "Oh, you know, I thought this actor was fantastic in this play," and they are right back and say, "Well, actually, she's in another play coming up next month mm. you know that we're recording. So we like to think of ourselves as a company, so once you've worked with us once it's it's quite feasible that we'll get you in again.
0: Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go to record them, are you recording these predominantly in a studio uh, yep, locally? Yeah, they're all
1: recorded in a the studio. They're recorded in a studio um, uh, in London called Quince Studios um, with a guy called Matt Walters, who's fantastic. Um, and that's the point. We want to make sure that everything's recorded in a professional studio so that you know we can kind of keep up this quality that we get, um, that we've kind of received a lot of praise for the quality of our of our. You know the sound quality, and um, so at the moment everything is recorded in the recording studio, um, and we have that's our part, our main one, but we also have a couple of others that we use in and around London.
0: Yeah, and you, you seem to be doing such a you know regularly putting out content. Uh, you know how how much are you in the studio recording, and how much are you uh, post producing? I mean, how how much activity on a monthly basis are you doing?
1: Yeah, um, uh, we're probably in the studio twice a month, mm-hmm. um, and each play then goes to the editors. Um, and we have uh, four editors who work with us um, and I literally just email the guys and I say right, I've got another play coming up send them the script and they whoever wants to do it emails me back and says yeah I'll cover this one or I'll cover that one Um, and so it goes to them the longest process is the post-production process because these guys um, mostly are doing it for the love of it there's not not a lot of money in it as of yet so um, you know they're they're doing it for the experience more than anything else so obviously it takes them a little while to get them done Um, but and sometimes I'll come back and I'll say um, I'll show it to the directors and stuff, and we'll we'll listen to it and we'll say, oh, you know, that could be slightly different or that could be slightly different. Then it goes back for a second edit. Um, but you know, that's that's uh, that's fine. And then yeah, it's on the site usually, usually within a month or two, a month and a half of it being produced, which is possibly slightly longer than I would like in the future. But you know, there's no pressure for us to do it hugely quickly because there's so much stuff going up, so it's fine.
0: Sure. And, and what kind of exciting uh, stories do we have lined up um, that we can look forward to?
1: Well, uh, we had um, Penelope Scales coming in again. She came in and directed for us this time because she's hugely passionate about the project, which <laughs> is yeah. amazing to me. I mean, amazing. Great. She's one of my idols. So uh, it's fantastic. Um, so she has come into the studio. We did uh, a production called The Ceremony, uh, which is a two-hander um, with a, a, a small third part at the end. And So that's uh, going to be, I suppose that'll probably be the beginning of July. That'll be online. It's uh, quite um, classical, actually. It's it's um, it's it's slightly different from everything else we've done before. And um, a bit nostalgic, but it, it should be quite uh, well. It's certainly going to be very uh, different and really interesting. Um, what else have we got? Um, we just recorded a production called The Gullibility Factor. Um, which is written by one of our regular writers, a guy called P.T. Yates. Um, and that's just a little bit about <laughs> how gullible our society can be uh. Uh, and is, which is certainly true. Um, and that's actually a show. I don't know if you are aware of the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That's kind of well known. Sure. Um, it's a massive festival. It's been going for years and years and years, and it's held in Edinburgh, and it's usually fringe productions. But uh, it used to be just for comedy, but now it's for pretty much everything, although Guileability factor is a comedy. And we're actually taking it up there and doing a live, live version of that for two weeks up there. Um, which will be really exciting. So recording that, that's going to go on the site. Uh, and then we've also got our official press launch, which is on the 23rd of July, where we're doing some live uh, live recordings. So that will be available for download as well. So the whole evening is going to be recorded um, and then available for download. Mostly comedy it will be. And we have um, uh, Nicholas Parsons, who our patron, is coming along to kind of do a little speech. Um, there'll be some stand-up. So it's going to be slightly different from what we normally do because it's all going to be um, you know, a live recording. But then that will be available for download as well so that, you know, everyone can see. It's kind of to celebrate our first year, really. Uh, 30 plays we've done into in a year, which, you know, is quite exciting. So that's what that's about, really. I thought we might as well celebrate <laughs> our Wonderful. year.
0: Wonderful. No, yeah. absolutely. You've gone, uh, you know, from, like I said, uh, you know, no, I don't think there's, you know, in just a short year, you've gone from you know sort of a newcomer to really one of the most established uh, mm. co- new companies out there. And what do you have for uh, people who are you know maybe still ready to take the plunge? People who uh, love audio drama, maybe have some scripts, or um, just sort of starting out. Any any lessons to share?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that um, the laying a uh, setting a, a radio play up um, is is very different from doing a, a screenplay. The amount of scripts that I receive, which someone said, "Oh, have a look at my play," and I've opened it up, and the first line is, uh, "We see the sun setting." and the horizon and we, you know, see this piece and it's like, there's no point. You have to submit an audio script. It doesn't mean that the screenplay can't be adapted, that's fine, but I would never submit um, a screenplay just and expect that the the, the radio production company are going to just imagine what it will be like mm-hmm. um, and the amount we get like that, are, are, you know, is quite surprising and I always, before, you know, before reading it, I email them back and say, please submit it to me in an audio form just because otherwise why, why would I bother reading it? You know, you wouldn't yeah. submit a, a, a screenplay to be put on at the national theater so
0: you just pointed out do that so. yeah yeah exactly oh, sure all right and 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 where else um you know looking at the the medium in general um you know both both what you see going on in, in america and and the uk um do, do you feel you've been successful in getting out to the ipod generation do you think that you know where do you see everything going
1: um yeah it has been successful but um this year has been mostly our uh, um, our main listeners has been um uh from um, people who already love audio drama um, who kind of write to me and say, oh, you know, what a great find, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of radio drama already, which is fantastic. Brilliant. And, you know, quite, uh, I feel quite humbled. The fact that people who are, you know, know radio drama and are fans of radio drama actually like what we're doing. Um, and that's great. We have a lot of listeners from uh, America as well, which is you know, just brilliant. So, so, so good. Um, the getting the young people involved is, is, has been slightly harder, but that's part of the reason why we're doing these workshop things now as well. What I found is quite a lot of my friends. I'll say to them, you know, Did you listen to our latest play? And they'll be like, Oh God, you know, I haven't got round to it. So what I'll do is I'll say, Right, and I'll grab their iPod and I'll put it on their iPod. <laughs> and then they call me and they say, do You know what? I was listening to my music on the train, and then suddenly a play came on. It was brilliant. I had such a great time. You know, I was laughing, or I, you know, I had to stop what I was doing and just sit and listen to it. And so mm-hmm. then they download more, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. But uh-huh. the the getting them to actually do the downloading is kind of annoying. And quite often they'll listen to the snippet. It. and then they won't download yeah. the whole thing it's like right. you know that's not enough but but it's getting there but surely and i you know people you know i have with people. they're like no what are you doing you know it's, it's, it's dead you know the tv is where to go visual blah blah, blah visual and i'm I, you know i'm completely disagree i think there's room for everything and I, and I think it will be successful um and and you know people will start listening to it. particularly young people on comedy you know p- comedy is huge over here at the moment particularly in the uk um and you know if if We've got some really talented comedians on there, and some new stuff coming. Great new sketch groups. We've got a new sketch show called The Oxy Show coming. Fantastic stuff. I'm sure once that, once that stuff gets, you know, downloaded a lot, it will be, it will be popular.
0: Excellent. Awesome. Okay. Well, it, it's great hearing now where you've come from, where you're going. It, it, it's yeah. you really, it's uh, very exciting to see your growth. Um, it's and great and to be in- part
1: of the audio theatre world now. You know, mm-hmm. it seems to be quite a close knit community, even though everyone's from all over the world. It's great. It's mm-hmm. a good fun.
0: Excellent. Well, if you have a big festival, we'll try to all uh, make the flight over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, well, Marielle, thank you so much for your time. It was a huge no pleasure problem. speaking with thank you. Thank you very much. All right. And we will be uh, hopefully hearing more of your stuff uh, down the road. And, of course, in the meantime, you can check out Uh The new site that you spoke about actually should be up by the time this goes um, live. Uh, yep. wireless, yeah. Wireless Theatre Company, uh, All right. Thanks again. No problem. And that was Marielle, artistic director and creator of the Wireless Theatre Company, purveyor of many fine audio drama downloads, all freely available at www.wirelesstheatrecompany.co.uk, Wireless Theatre Company, Theatre, R-E as the British spell it. And just so we go out with a bang, I'd like to share one more of their stories with you about two sides of a story in the war against terror. Enjoy Lie Detector.
2: This is a download for the Wireless Theatre Company. Okay, Mr. Thorpe? Yes. Water? No. We start with control questions. Your name is Paul Thorpe? No. Your name is Paul Jameson Thorpe? Yes. Your address is 14 the Parkway Barnes? Yes. You are a systems analyst? Yes. You are married? Yes. You have three children? Yes. You were born in Hampton, England?
3: That's what it says on my passport.
2: Is that affirmative answer, Mr Thorpe?
3: Take it as you wish.
2: I need a positive or negative response. These are control questions. Yes. Repeat. You were born in Hampton, England? Yes. Your favourite drink is tea? Yes. You were involved in the Amen Corner drug smuggling operation? Yes. According to this, Mr Thorpe, that's a lie.
3: Well, that's what you want me to say, isn't it? That's why I'm here.
2: I want the truth, Mr Thorpe, only the truth. That was a lie.
3: Maybe all the control answers were lies. What? Well, that's how this thing works, isn't it? You ask me a series of control questions, get a level, then when the reading goes above the control level, bingo, it's a lie. But if that control level has been based on lies, then... (sighs) Can I go now? Apparently I didn't do it. I'm not involved in Armen Corner. According to you, according to your apparatus, am I free to go?
2: According to regulations, Mr Thorpe, ten minutes is the maximum continuous stint in a full respondent session with a minimum two-minute break before continuing. Questioning suspended. Do you require the restroom, Mr Thorpe?
3: Yes. Mm.
2: Switch off. It's a break. Sorry. Do you require the restroom?
3: No, I was lying. Cigarette? Water? I'm fine. Fine and dandy.
2: Cigarette? Water? Bread? Milk? Olives? Nibbles? Cigarettes? Benson and Hedges? Lambert and Butler? Senior service? Passing Clouds? Capstan Woodbines? Players number six? My granddad smoked them all. And he kept all the packets stacked up on the dresser. In his little house in A on Y. I used to visit him in the holidays. And I used to count them. The packets. And stack them neatly. On the dresser and on the Davenport and on the ancient old radiogram. (laughs) I used to recite the names and build castles out of them. In the holidays. Summer. Sun. Carefree. Hot. Water. Cigarette. Water. How long's the break? Um, Further control questions, Mr
3: Thorpe. The anticipation is tangible.
2: Are you ready, Mr Thorpe?
3: Is that a control question? Water? No.
2: Resume. Your name is Paul Thorpe? No. Your name is Paul Jameson Thorpe? No. Your name is Dr Paul Jameson Thorpe? Yes. Your address is 14 The Parkway Barnes? No. You are a systems analyst? No. You're married? No. You have three children.
3: No. You were born in Hampton, England. That's not what it says on my passport. Is
2: that a negative response, Mr Thorpe?
3: Take it as you wish.
2: I need a positive or negative response. These are control questions. Yes. Repeat. You were born in Hampton, England. No. Your favourite drink is
3: tea. No.
2: Your favourite drink is is wine. Yes. Your favourite wine is... Italian. Your favourite Italian wine is...
3: Chianti. It has a light fruity palate with a soft bouquet and is a particularly suitable accompaniment to... Chicken! Tomato dishes and braised rabbit.
2: D- chicken pasta dishes? Uh, chicken pasta dishes like... Uh, um. Well, I, I like it with... Uh, well, You were involved in the Amen Corner drug smuggling operation, which has been positively connected to the Jihad Now terror organisation.
3: No. Never. Not me. Mm.
2: That is a lie, Mr Thorpe, according to this.
3: (laughs) It's intriguing, don't you think? If I say yes, it's a lie. If I say no, it's a lie. Can I ask you if you have full confidence in your... equipment, Miss Beaulieu?
2: I am conducting this examination, Mr Thorpe.
3: I... please... Don't say I ask the questions.
2: I am conducting the examination. Why did you call me Beaulieu?
3: That's your name, isn't it?
2: No. <laughs> Break Would you like the rest room, Mr Thorpe? Is it off now? The rest room? No. Water? Cigarette? Exercise? Exercise. The gym. What is Gainer's problem at the gym? I mean, she wears an ever more revealing suit every time she comes there. What's she trying to prove? <laughs> that she's fitter than me, has a better body than me, that she's more attractive to men than me. She wants to go on holiday again. She's going to behave like that. <laughs> well, one thing's certain, she can't cook. Tonight we'll settle that once and for all when they come round. Chicken cacciatore, my speciality. All the right herbs. Fresh plum tomatoes. Special recipe. Never fails. Olives. Fine wine. (laughs) Chianti! Goes well with it, Uh, I think. Doesn't it? Perhaps I should ask. I mean, he obviously knows about wine. In a break, off the record, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? I mean, we're trained to put the subject at ease. Talk about other stuff.
3: Is there something you want to ask Uh, me? The Chianti! Sorry, I'm being accused of... Uh, Sorry. Control question's complete.
2: Tell me your relationship with Anwar Mahmood.
3: He runs the corner shop. General stores, the off-licence at the end of my street. I buy wine from him. Chardonnay, Merlot and Chianti.
2: Does Chianti go well with chicken cacciatore? No. That's a lie. Ask me again. Does Chianti go well with chicken cacciatore?
3: Yes. Can you trust your equipment, Miss Beaulieu?
2: Don't call me that. I'm getting confused. I didn't mean to ask that question.
3: Just ignore it. Ignore the truth or the lies?
2: Anwar Mahmood is a terrorist. You have been giving money to him to support his organisation. His organisation recruits and trains suicide bombers in this country. You're as guilty as hell, Mr Thorpe, and you know it.
3: Is that the polygraph's view or your personal appraisal?
2: Are you denying it?
3: I don't deny I gave a shopkeeper money. Are you treating every one of his customers this way?
2: Your name was on his computer.
3: Maybe I was next on his list. What list? Of potential suicide bombers.
2: You don't strike me as the type.
3: Because I drink Chianti? Or do you mean I'm not young, fanatical, brown-skinned and Muslim?
2: Though you do visit the Hadley Vale Mosque on a regular basis.
3: I'm a building contractor. They needed an extension. You've
2: been to Pakistan on several occasions.
3: I like cricket. You've
2: given money to an irrigation project in Afghanistan.
3: I'm a philanthropist.
2: Did you support the war in Iraq? No. What is your opinion on Israel's protected barrier?
3: It's there. Do you support it? No. It's a self-supporting structure.
2: Do you believe that Iran should be free to develop its own nuclear programme?
3: Yes. Do you support
2: President Bush's foreign policy? No. Are you or have you ever been a practising homosexual?
3: What kind of a question is that?
2: Are you or have you ever been a practising homosexual?
3: No. Mm. Yes.
2: I'll ask again. Are you or have you ever been a practising homosexual?
3: Yes. And no.
2: That's two answers.
3: It was two questions.
2: (laughs) You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Mr Thorpe?
3: Yes. What do you make of that, then, Miss Beaulieu? I... I don't know. Have you got low self-esteem, Miss Beaulieu? No! (laughs) Okay. Yes. Maybe. Yes, what the fuck has it got to do with you? I may well ask you the same question, Miss Beaulieu. Of all these questions, what the fuck have they got to do with you? I'm an ordinary citizen who during the course of going about my ordinary everyday activities has made some coincidental contacts with someone who may be a terrorist or may just be another ordinary citizen who also has some coincidental contacts, but suddenly I'm bankrolling suicide bombers. And the proof of this? A piece of ultra-sophisticated polygraph equipment which has shown itself and its operator to be totally fallible. Totally fallible. Do you believe the machine, Miss Beaulieu? Are you going with your gut feeling? Are you going to release me, or are you going to look the other way?
2: I don't have gut feelings, Mr Thorpe. I'm not allowed to have gut feelings. This is a scientific analysis. It circumvents the presence of human fallibility. If I do my job properly, then... the The
3: citizens of this country can be locked up without the need for instinct, subjectivity, reality or truth... Justice isn't necessary. Plausibility is all. Lock me up, Miss Bolia. Throw away the key. Put me in an orange jumpsuit. The machine says I lied. The machine never lies. The machine says I'm guilty. But don't you lose any sleep, Miss Bolia. It's not down to you. You merely interpret the data.
2: Break. Water, Mr Thorpe. Water. Sea. Sand. Holidays. I need a holiday. That's what I need. A holiday. This is a very demoralising job. I'm always inside. Never out in the air. Always analysing. Asking questions. Assessing answers. Making judgments. Reviewing the evidence. (laughs) Well, on the balance of probabilities. On balance this. On balance that. I need some sand. I need some sea. I need... I need Florida. I need freedom! Freedom in the land of the free. (laughs) This guy... I mean, he's not... He's probably not... On the balance of probabilities, he's not...
3: I'm still here. What's the verdict? Am I guilty, as charged? Am I someone who pays people to blow themselves up in tube stations for the greater glory of Islam and loves to read about it in the newspapers the next day? On balance of probabilities, am I a fanatic, Miss Beaulieu?
2: Why? Why have they allowed you to keep your tie on? This session is now complete. Recommendation. On the data received, the subject should proceed to stage two. Stage two. Forceful inducement.
3: Forceful inducement.
2: It means what it says.
3: Sensory deprivation. Isolation. Torture. But no doubt not on this soil. Do you think, on balance, that I deserve that, Miss Beaulieu?
2: I merely operate the system, Mr Thorpe.
3: You mean you just carry out the orders?
2: (laughs) I interpret the data. This is a lie detector. You are a liar. Harsh. (laughs) Just because you drink Chianti, Mr Thorpe, does not preclude you from being a liar.
3: Did you know that the distinctive squat bottle in a basket that identifies Chianti is called a fiasco? May I use this? Chief Operative Dexter. I cannot recommend Junior Operative Beaulieu for promotion at this time. Too personally involved. Analysis terminated. You seem a little shocked. Water? Cigarettes? Do you require the restroom? I have an appointment, if you'll excuse me. Take a holiday. I think you need it.
2: I don't... Honestly, I don't need a holiday. Lie Detector was recorded for Wireless Theatre Company at Quint Studios with Matt Walters. It starred Ruben Anderson as Mr Thorpe and Marielle Ranaker temple as Miss Burleau. Lie Detector was written by Peter Yates.
0: And that was Lie Detector, a short but biting drama by the Wireless Theater Company, wrapping up our month and some series. And what a great note to end on. We'll be uh, moving back to the United States uh, for the next few weeks, starting with the soaply comedic many men of Martha Manning next week, followed by The High Adventures with Captain Hudson, and then exciting new work from AMFM Theater. Yes, the creators of God of the Razor have got a new one that will be coming up in the tail end of July. You'll be hearing a lot more about that soon. Stay tuned. Uh, and, of course, you can't wait for more. Check out the blog, www.RadioDramaRevival.com. In addition to a handy link to subscribe to this podcast, you will find all the previous episodes up there, scattered bits of audio drama news, articles, and spectacular reviews as part of the Malleist series by Chris Duker. And why not leave a comment or two? Uh, you can also find us up on iTunes. Search for Radio Drama Revival. Now uh, That wraps up for this week. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week.